I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit Room podcast. I'm Melissa White, and it's lovely, lovely to connect with you again. Hope everyone is well and you're enjoying whatever season of life you're in. Today, just me, just a solo episode, really wanting to chat with you about divination. What is divination? What does it mean? And kind of give you some insight into some of the tools that I have used for divination, tools that I'm aware of, and just some insight into you know how you might use some of these for your own purposes. So divination by definition is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Okay. So really it's it's looking at perhaps a bit of prophecy, a bit of, you know, what kind of information can we gather? It's a means of receiving information through our senses psychically. So there are many, many different ways that you can go about this. I would say probably the most common or the most well-known is the practice of the tarot or using oracle cards, card readings. And I would say that they are super user-friendly. So anytime that I teach someone how to use their cards, most of the time we're looking at oracle cards, the difference being, for those of you that are asking, the tarot is a prescribed set of cards with set meanings, you know, so they're, they're in any tarot deck, in order for it to be considered tarot, you're going to have the major arcana cards, you're going to have the minor arcana cards, and you're going to have the court cards. And that's in, you know, any tarot deck. And there's also going to be 78 cards in each tarot deck. So those, those, you know, are the parameters. With an oracle card deck or even an angel card deck, there's no set number of cards that you need to have. There's not a prescribed set of themes or cards that have to be present in it to make it an oracle deck. So the tarot is, you know, such a fascinating, amazing tool. I think that for many people, it's a discipline, it's a study, it is something that you really delve into. You know, it's quite intensive. And there is a lot to know. But it's got a rich history. And I definitely, definitely feel if you're drawn to it, study it, definitely. For intuitive purposes, it is possible to read the tarot intuitively without even knowing like what the cards mean or what they're supposed to mean. And I sometimes think that that's actually better if you are looking to boost your intuition to use the tarot and actually just regardless 
as to what, you know, that card is supposed to mean, just reading it intuitively, looking at the images, noticing how you feel when you look at the image on the card. What does it make you aware of? What are you reminded of? What emotions come up? Do you notice something in your physical body when you look at this card? And it's specific to the person that you're reading for. So whether that's, you know, for yourself, or for somebody else. So that's how I, I sort of look at it. So sometimes people get really, really caught up and they're almost nervous or afraid to pick up a tarot deck if they don't know the tarot. I would say you can definitely exercise your intuition and use that deck, get to know it intuitively. And then if you feel drawn to it, yes, definitely pursue that, study it further. There's also nothing to be afraid of. I think sometimes people are a little bit a little bit nervous to use the tarot because they think that they're going to get like a bad card or something negative. The death card, when it comes up, it does not necessarily mean you're going to die, someone's going to die. There's all kinds of meanings when we look at that death card. Same with the, I mean, lots of times it's to do with rebirth. Lots of times it's to do with the ending of one cycle, beginning of a next. Um, there's, there's many different ways to interpret that. The other card that people seem terrified by is the tower. And I would say, you know what? If you get that tower card, it's basically like, you know, it's on fire. People are like jumping out the window of this tower. It's certainly not going to give you peace of mind to look at it. However, we all are going to go through periods of our life where we feel like things are falling apart. Things are going like off the rails. That is not something that we can avoid. So if it does come up in a reading, I would say in some ways it is positive because it means, okay, if everything is falling apart, you know what happens? There's actually that opportunity to rebuild and rebuild even stronger. So it's all in how you look at it. I wouldn't have fear when it comes to that. Now, I am not by any means a tarot master expert. I know very little about, you know, the, the actual study of the tarot, but I do know people who are very talented and very knowledgeable in that area. So I am going to reach out and actually have some of them come on the show and, uh, you know, just talk talk about it a little more, give you some more in-depth kind of information. But that's just from my experience what I would offer you. Now, with the Oracle cards, here's my, here's my advice. Sometimes people, I think you think that the Oracle cards are actually telling them the answers to things. Like they have to make a decision. They're going to go to their Oracle card deck and they're expecting the card to tell them what to do. And so my advice here is to never give your power away to anything, any tool, anyone. You always have free will choice. And I think you can use these tools to help you make your decision, but certainly don't rely upon anyone else or anything else. The answers literally are inside of you already. It just depends if you're going to really listen. And sometimes, you know, what the, the cards would be, they're the tool, they're a starting off point, a jumping off point. They provide you with inspiration. So it's almost like a little extra nudge from your guides, from your angels, to direct you in uh, a certain direction, to start thinking in a different way. It's reminders. Oftentimes, you know, people will pull a card and say, well, I already know this. I'm already doing this. And it's it's not so much that they're saying, you know, that the card is telling you, you don't do this. Now you got to do it. 
Sometimes it's a reminder or acknowledgement that confirmation, yes, your guides and your angels see that you've made these changes or they see the effort that you're making in this area of life, or they see that it's going to be important for you to focus on this further down the road. So just to kind of keep that in mind, I think it's a beautiful practice, especially in the beginning, if you're looking to develop and strengthen a relationship with those that guide you, why not set the intention of having a little chat with them every day, pulling a card of the day, what do I need to know today, and having that card really be a connection point between you and your guides. And it builds trust because after a while you start to recognize, oh, wow, they're really trying to show me something here. You know, so I think, you know, for me using the angel cards, the the first deck I ever had was it angel cards. It was a Dorian Virtue deck and it was absolutely so fun. They're so fun to use and also inspiring. I looked forward to it. It's helped me to create a little morning ritual for myself. And I think that it really did allow me to practice using my intuition and really having that communication with my angels. So I do highly recommend that. Now you can buy card decks in spiritual stores. You can always get them on Amazon as well. I've seen them for those of you that are in Canada, Chapters Indigo, like they even have a whole section where they sell those. If you're in the States, of course, like Barnes and Noble, things like that. So, I mean, they're readily available. It would also be cool, I think. I mean, I think definitely support your local businesses. Go to your local metaphysical shops and buy from them. That is my, you know, that is my recommendation. The other great part of that is that if you go into the store, you can oftentimes touch the decks. Like they'll have sample decks that you can you can touch, you can hold. And it's kind of a, a, a go with your intuition as far as which one you like, which one feels good to you. If you're drawn to the, the imagery, that's a good sign. If it heats up in your hand or you get a little bit like your hands get hot, sort of like with crystals, when you hold it, that's a good sign. I would just say go with what you're drawn to. Go with what catches your eye. But certainly you can also get from Etsy, sometimes some really cool independent decks, people that are sort of making indie decks and stuff like that. So I would definitely recommend trying those out. Now, another one that is pretty cool is uh, tea leaves, reading the tea leaves. And so this is something that I did try years back. There was a woman that came to do a little mini workshop for one of the classes that I was teaching. And we all got to have the teacups and the tea and we read each other's tea leaves. And it was absolutely so fascinating, so interesting. And what I've come to notice, what I've come to realize is that if you have and you're working with your intuition, you're working with that within yourself, the actual tool that you choose to use doesn't really matter. Like you can get the same information reading the tea leaves as you could from reading a bunch of sticks in the woods that you pick up and you throw and you read them that way. It's really 
the tool itself is sort of like that, like I said, it's the inspiration point. It's helping you to kind of get past the logical mind and it helps you get into your intuition. It helps you come into that place of working more creatively, getting into that space, almost using the imagination. It ignites something in you that allows you to be more open and more aware of your intuition. So the tea leaves, yes, some of the images that we were able to see. And it's interesting because two people can look at the same tea leaves and see totally different images and yet get very similar information because you're interpreting, you know, you're interpreting what you're seeing. I would say also it's possible that two people could look at the same information, the same image and get totally different things. And that's totally fine as well. It is so unique and so personal, but there's something to be said for these sort of ancient practices. I think that because they've been used for so long by so many people, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of history to it. There's a sense that it, you're doing something very sacred, which of course you are, you know, you are doing something very sacred, but there's something beautiful about the tradition of those things. Would I would say get get together with a friend and try it. You know, it'd be lovely to use, even if you go to like, you don't have just china teacups sitting around your house lots of people don't but if you do definitely use them put them to use or you can also go to like a thrift shop you can buy a few little china teacups just to practice with loose leaf tea is what you would need so it's not it's not an expensive endeavor but it's super super cool and i think it gets you out of your head you know so i would definitely recommend trying it Definitely. The other thing that lots of people seem to love is working with a pendulum. Now, I will say this. I have used a pendulum. Pendulum goes crazy for me. When I hold it, yes, it will start going yes, no, I don't know. It moves very easily for me. However, is it accurate for me? No, it most of the time is not. So I kind of wondered about this because it is a tool that I think is, is so cool because it actually physically moves in front of your eyes. It's pretty magical. Now, you don't need to actually buy a pendulum per se. You can use, if you have a, a chain, like you wear a necklace with a, a pendant, you can even use that. So essentially, you hold it in between your thumb and your index finger, and you basically just say, okay, you kind of take a deep breath, ground yourself, and you basically ask to be shown a yes. And then you don't move anything. You just hold it still and you allow the pendulum to start swinging. Sometimes it'll go left to right. Sometimes it will go like vertically up and down. Sometimes it'll go in a circle clockwise or in a circle counterclockwise. It's just, you got to experiment and see what happens. And then you say, okay, thank you. And it literally stops. Then you say, okay, can I, can you show me a yes? Can you show me a no? Can you show me more information is needed or whatever? Maybe, you know, you could sort of program it. You could train the pendulum. And essentially it works for yes or no questions. That's the idea. The other thing that people tend to use them for is like, for dousing, like when you're doing, even for missing persons, you know, if you're looking for something on a map, you could essentially use the pendulum, yes or no, yes or no, move it over different areas, different regions of a map, 
and get your answer, you know, where something is located or someone is located. It's also useful for missing objects. If you lose your, I don't know, say you lost a ring or something and you're desperate to get it back, you could ask the pendulum, okay, is my ring in the garage? Wait for your answer. No? Okay. Is it under the bed? Wait for your answer. You see what I mean? So it works brilliantly for some people. When I asked Spirit about why mine was so wonky, every time I go to use a pendulum, it's the, the answers are not correct. Basically, what I got was that it's just not my tool. And my feeling is that it's not necessary. So it's just not how I work. So therefore, that tool is just not going to resonate for me. Now, I also think that it can be a little bit addictive for some people. I, I know and have known people who literally use their pendulum for everything. They become dependent upon it. And I never, ever, ever want anyone to get to the point where they are dependent upon any tool or any psychic, you know, you don't want to be running always to look at psychically, what is my decision? What should I do next? You have to approach life with your intuition, but also with your, you need to use your, your own discernment, your own judgment, and you have to be able to make some decisions without knowing the future all the time. I think we're shown what what's going to be helpful for us, but I think it's really really important that you're not using these tools as a way to try and prevent prevent living your life in any way that's going to cause you any kind of difficulty, pain or challenge. That's not the idea. That's not the point. So, hopefully that makes sense. But what I would say with the pendulum is give it a go. See, you know, experiment with it. I can certainly teach people to use them and I do know lots of people that love them. I do wonder sometimes if it's not your subconscious that is kind of bringing you that information. I don't know. Like or if you if you're not objective, if you're not clear and you're kind of wanting a certain outcome, when you go to ask the pendulum, could you somehow be influencing it? Yes, I think you could. But it's the same as when you work with the cards, of course. If you have a desired outcome that you really hope that's what the, the information will show in the cards, you're going you're gonna to be able to make that fit if you really aren't careful. So I think no matter what tool you use, it is going to be important to make sure that you're as objective as you can be. You're staying ground pardon me, staying grounded, keeping your ego out of the way. So before I start any kind of reading for myself or someone else, I'm really mindful of asking, like, please help me to keep my ego out of this. Let this come through me. Let me be, you know, objective in receiving the information as it comes through. So that's just a tip for those of you wanting to do that. Now you can get pendulums, same thing. You can get them online. You can get them at spiritual stores. Some of them are so pretty, like they'll use different stones, different crystals. And so, yeah, it can be, it can be really interesting to, to use those. I would say this as well. As always, if you're here, you listen to these episodes, you know my style by now, you know who I am, my philosophy on things. Please know, oracle cards, tarot cards, pendulums, tea leaves, any of these things are not going to open the door to some kind of terrible, nasty entity. 
Okay, there there is no such thing. And I understand, I understand that's controversial for some people. You're totally welcome to your opinion, but this is my opinion. It's also from my experience, right? So, and my education. So I'm not coming at this just saying, you know, right or wrong. I'm just giving you my approach, which is, you know, that's probably why you're here is to at least hear it, right? So I would say you can rest assured, you do not need to feel afraid that you're opening some can of worms, right? Even if, even if there was something to be afraid of, you have to keep in mind that like attracts like. So if your energy is high vibration, if you're a loving, beautiful soul, that's what you're going to attract to you, you know, energetically. So there shouldn't be any worry there, you know, to begin with. Also fear. I think fear is a big thing. Fear can really cause self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, if you're looking for negative and you're looking for fearful experiences, if you're expecting that, I think you can definitely create that for yourself. So just to be mindful of that, you're empowered, you're in control of your experience. Your intention is key. So if your intention is to use this tool to open up your mind, to receive some information and insight, to bring healing, to bring understanding, that's exactly what you're going to get. All right. So no worries about that. So I would just keep that in mind. Lots of people listening will say, oh, you didn't tell them to protect themselves. Literally nothing to protect yourself from. We're not worried about spirit because spirit is love. All right. So there's, there's no worries there. If it makes you feel better, if that's part of your belief system, go for it. No problem. But I'm just saying that it, it's not ignorance that I'm leaving that part out. It's on purpose. I, I don't believe that you have to protect yourself in order to work with any of these tools. Okay. I would say it's important to be grounded. I would say it's important to be mentally stable and to be objective to use these tools. That's what I would say. You can also just even, we've done this in a class with my teacher, with Tony, years ago. He had us crumple up balls of paper, and in that moment, we were sort of infusing our energy into that, you know, into that piece of paper. We threw them on the ground, we opened them up, and then we read the lines, the like crinkled up piece of paper, and we accessed our intuition that way. It was brilliant. It worked perfectly. So my point is you can use almost anything. I mean, I can't think of something that you couldn't use. Palm reading. I mean, this is, again, this is a discipline and there are people who study it and do do it, you know, sort of with that, you know, conventional type way. I would say I've done it many times with students. I've done it many times with clients where I don't know what the, the lines are supposed to mean, but basically when you hold someone's hand, you're connecting to them. You're connecting to their energy. And it's a great way if I'm ever struggling and it's in person, you know, with a, with a reading, I would, you know, ask sometimes, can I just hold your hand for a moment? Can you just put your hand here in my hand? Now, obviously, I'm not even doing private readings in person at this time. And obviously during COVID, probably not going to do that. But I'm just saying, you know, in, in the past. What you can do is you can gaze at the palm and you just are looking at the lines. You're looking at what you feel when you look at these lines. 
what senses are engaged? Do you hear something? Do you see something? Do you feel something? What are you made aware of? What are you reminded of? What are you given? And so it's a starting off point. It's an opening point. And it's so interesting. You know, you can sort of look like I'm looking at my palm right now and I see this X um, in the middle of my palm. And I almost feel like to me, this is like saying and I mean, this could even be something that I've heard before. So I'm aware that maybe my logical mind might be getting in the way. But it does remind me of almost like, here you go, like X marks the spot. Like this is your this is your power center, like right in the middle of my left hand. But then also it's almost like a marking like, oh, she's a witchy one, you know, or she's like a she's a psychic one, she's a healer, or whatever, you know? And it's kind of reminds me of I would I almost feel like past life. I get into like past life memory with that. What else? I almost feel like a buzzing in my hand as I tune into that and I get this um almost like a download of information from spirit telling me the healing power, the healing energy is within you. Keep working with it. Now, I mean, there's different ways that I can do that, but I know exactly what they're talking about with this energy healing. So it's just an example. Okay. But basically it's just from your intention of asking to be shown some things, asking to be given a little bit of information, and then you go for it. You, you expand upon that. So you don't need to worry if you know what the lifeline is or what this line is supposed to mean. Use your intuition to get the information that's going to be helpful for you or for someone else. So I do suggest trying that out. I did have a chat, I think about a year ago, maybe more, with uh, Helene Saucedo. She's the writer, the author of, I was going to say The Fault in Our Stars, but that is not it. That is a John Green book. What is it? Handful of Stars. And so she talked a lot about, you know, how she reads palms and she did write that awesome book. So if you're interested, go check out that episode for sure. There's also this practice of augury, which is an ancient practice of interpreting omens, like kind of like noticing and observing the flight patterns of birds. And so this was something, you know, in ancient times that people did and they received information intuitively that way. So how fascinating. Can you imagine, you know, just out for a walk and maybe you could, maybe you could read, you know, the flight pattern of the bird. You can interpret that for yourself. The other thing that you could do is looking at clouds and into the formations of the clouds, the images, the imagery that you see in the clouds. So there's all kinds of things you can do in nature. You could also go out and find items, rocks, sticks, leaves, whatever you find outside, a little piece of, you know, piece of dirt, like whatever. And you could, with the intention of reading those, definitely do that. We've done that before. I've done that with some students before and in classes. It works brilliantly. You can use stones, crystals, like just take them in your hands, throw them on the table, and notice not only the way, like the pattern that they fall in, but notice what you are aware of in each stone. What does it say to you about the person that you're reading for? The color, the texture, what does it make you feel? So you could also do that. There's such a thing called flower sentience, which is basically this practice of 
using flowers as a way to connect. Now, I've always done it connecting with spirit. So you could ask and call to mind, ask spirit to show you a flower. And then you see the flower in your mind's eye. And you use that as a starting off point to help you to link to a spirit communicator. For instance, if I see in my mind's eye this beautiful white lily, I might then be reminded of as soon as I see this flower, there's a lovely lady that kind of steps forward and she has me feeling as though she was very elegant. She was a very beautiful woman. And this is sort of like coming from the flower. It's like reminding me of these qualities in this woman. And you might go into, oh, I feel as though this lily actually was important because that was her favorite flower. Maybe it's important because she wore the fragrance lily of the valley. Who knows? There could be all kinds of information that you become aware of. And then you start to go into the mediumistic link. But it starts with that flower, the flower or the flower, you know, maybe you saw yellow rose and it made you think of forgiveness. It made you think of, oh, there's somebody in spirit who's coming through who wants to offer forgiveness for something. You know, it, it's, it's just in the moment, whatever comes. But the flower itself gives you a hint or gives you a starting point. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I love working with flower sentience. You could also physically have flowers, different kinds, and you could sort of hover your, close your eyes and hover your hand over each one, stop where you feel guided, choose that flower, hold it in your hand, and use it as a way to give a psychic message, you know, intuitive message to someone. I've also done that in class before, and it's super fun. And it's just like a creative way, you know, why does it always have to be the same way of working? Let's be creative. Let's try new things. Have fun with it. I think that is so important. There's also the casting of bones or the throwing of bones. It's something that I feel is an ancient practice different places in the world. I know in China, it's been a practice, I think Africa as well. And I also feel like Aboriginal people as well. So, you know, this would be this, this sort of act of, you know, having these bones, throwing them, noticing the pattern, noticing how they're laid out, and then using that as a divination tool to come, you know, through with some information. Scrying is also a really, really fun and amazing practice. Now, this is sort of using a mirror, or actually you can scry with water. But essentially, you're softening your gaze. You're kind of like making your eyesight a little bit fuzzy. You almost cross your eyes a little bit. It's very weird to explain, and it is probably weirder for people if anyone ever watched us doing this, like in class. <laughs> but it actually allows you to kind of see the images in the water or images in the mirror. And the idea is you use that imagery and then you come to this information, either a spirit communicator or it's like prophecy prediction, that kind of thing. So super, super interesting. The common theme really is that this imagery is sparking something within us. So 
use your imagination. I think it's such a powerful resource and we dismiss our imagination. We don't have time for imagination. We think of it as kind of like a whimsical child's play, just sort of like a fluffy whatever. No, your imagination is a major untapped resource. It's powerful and it opens the door to so much, so much. Your intuition comes from the same place as the imagination. So there's a major connection there. So I definitely, definitely really encourage you guys to try, try some of these tools out for yourself, experiment and see what you like. You could also read candles, like the flames of candles. I've seen people also do wax candle readings, like on YouTube, I've seen people do them where they light the candle and then they allow the wax to fall in the water and then you read the formation in the water coffee grounds like it's endless it's endless what you could use as a tool to read but the main thing is to get clear about your intention and get clear about like how your relationship with your intuition works how your relationship with spirit works and get to know your guides and so lots of times people are you know they're interested they're so intrigued they're so into this stuff and then they don't know what to do with it. They don't know where to start. They feel overwhelmed. I would say there's tons of resources online, YouTube, TikTok, books galore. But I would say take everything with discernment. Take everything with a grain of salt. Not everybody who claims to be an expert, not everybody who claims to know what they're talking about really does. Okay. That's just a given. We know this. So really, you know, just because somebody writes something in a book does not make it true. Just because somebody makes a video does not make it true. You have to go with what feels right to you, what works for you, what's in alignment with your energy, your beliefs, and so forth. So just always keep that in mind. But I, I'm not saying this to say, oh, like as an advertisement, I am saying this though, as the true kind of guidance, a tip here. If you want to discover, if you want to know this part of yourself more, it would be fabulous if you could get involved in some type of development circle, a workshop, a class, could be online, could be in person. I think to have a place where you can feel free to experiment, feel free to try things, be guided by somebody who has done this stuff, you know? And I'm not saying it has to be me. I'm just saying, please do. If you feel guided, if you feel like you want to explore, there's so many benefits to having a teacher or a mentor or a group of people that even if it's a group of friends and you guys want to do it together and just do it for fun um, and kind of teach each other, help each other out, experiment, practice, do it. I definitely think it's worthwhile. It's definitely worth it. So I hope that that is helpful to you. I hope that it gives you a little bit of something to think about and to ponder. I certainly want to incorporate almost like a maybe day of divination, like where we're going to do some work with different types of divination tools. Maybe it could even be a course down the road, like a course that I offer. But I just feel like it's so, so fun to look at these different ways of working. And I do encourage you all. I do encourage you to try things out. So otherwise, everything is well. We're leading up to this favorite. I mean, it is the favorite time of the year for me, at least, you know, in my 
in uh, North America, there's this feeling of everything getting cozy, the weather's getting cooler, we're getting into like we had Thanksgiving, Halloween is coming up, so much nostalgia around Halloween, love it. And then also coming into then the holiday season, which is exciting. So I just I just uh, wanted to mention also, if you want to submit some questions, feel free to email me, Melissa White Medium at gmail.com questions that I might be able to answer on the show because oftentimes people have some things that they would like to ask. So definitely feel free to email me. Also, if you are somebody that, you know, you know, someone that you think I would like to interview or that would be a good fit to be on the show, please send them my way. I would love to know who you all feel is fascinating. And also if it's you, you know, if you have some experience or something that you want to share and offer, definitely reach out and let's see, you know, let's see if, if it would be a good match, because I certainly would like to continue to keep sharing different experiences with you, different people, different topics. So if you enjoy the show, I mean, the best thing you could do is to rate it five stars on iTunes, leave a little comment would be absolutely so appreciated. Otherwise, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for continuing to be on this journey with me. Sending everyone, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I'm sending you love from my heart to yours. I hope you feel it. And I hope you know, no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's like the the best season of your life or you're in the midst of the toughest times, that you are not alone ever. Even if you feel like you are, you are never alone. Each one of you has guardian angels, guides, loved ones in spirit, ancestors that love you so completely. It's almost hard to put into words, but just to know that. So sending you off with love, take good care, and we'll talk again soon.